This is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the show for real estate investors, stock traders, and business owners. We help you keep more of what you earn and protect what you've built. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Clint Kunz here. And in this video, what I thought I'd bring to you is someone who is an expert in their niche of the market when it comes to helping real estate investors really to, to put together processes. Listen, as a business owner, I've been running Anderson Business Advisors now for going on 22 years and starting it as a small firm and growing it up to where we have over 500 employees. I can tell you how important it is that when you're scaling, that you have systems and processes in place to help you do more. Because let's just face it, you're juggling five or six, sometimes seven different programs. You're always going on to the next one. You think, hey, that's going to help me get it over the edge here. and I'm going to be able to get more deals done. And then you're trying to put all that data together and aggregate it. It can become a mess. Well, the individual that I'm going to be speaking with today on this video is actually figured out a way to bring everything together onto one platform that makes it so simple because that's just it, right? High value versus low value work. Where should you be spending your time on finding deals, closing on real estate, getting tenants into those properties, or maybe you're flipping. You don't want to be spending a ton of time trying to figure out different software solutions, different programs that are going to work for you. So Sherrod Mehta from RE Simply has figured this out, and it's my pleasure to bring him on. Sherrod, how are you doing? I'm doing really good, Clint. Thank you for having me on the call, man. I'm super excited. Yeah, you know, what's great is when I start talking about softwares, immediately people think, all right, we're just going to geek out here. This is a, a software developer. That's what he does. Does he understand real estate? You know, you and I were talking before we, we got started here. Why don't you just share with the audience, you know, your background in real estate and then how that evolved into creating the software? Yeah, absolutely. So just to clear things up, I'm not a software developer. A lot of people get surprised by that. But I'm actually used to be an accountant and then left my job to start flipping houses full time. I live in Toronto, Canada, uh, right outside of Toronto, Canada in Oakville, Ontario. When I was living in Chicago, I started investing in Northwest Indiana, right, right outside of Chicago, about 30 to 45 minutes outside of downtown Chicago, buying single family houses, primarily as rental properties. So I own about 50 rental properties. And then from there, you know, I started flipping houses to need some cash to buy more rental properties. And then in 2015, I ended up moving. I was living in downtown Chicago until 2015, ended up moving to San Diego and still had this uh, house flipping business where we were doing about 40, 50 houses a year. And that's when I started looking at like a software that I could use to manage my entire business. You know, we were doing marketing, we were doing uh, different things. We were doing projects, flipping houses, working with contractors, and then coming from an accounting background, I needed something where I can track my data. So I looked for, you know, I started looking for something where I could just have everybody on my team be on the same platform. So I didn't find anything. So I thought, you know what, I'll just create something simple for myself that very specific to my business need, but I could just run my business and it just kind of grew into what it is now. And we work with investors from all over the country now, and I'm still actively flipping. I do about 20, 25 deals a year in Northwest Indiana market. Most of my time, I'm busy on recently, like, you know, product ideas and stuff. Okay, so right. so with this program, and we're going to get into the details on this of using it and what it can do for someone. But I heard you say, you know, you, you flip real estate, as do I. But how about if you're not a flipper? I mean, should they continue watching this right now? If, if I'm just a landlord, is this going to help me out as well? So anybody that's looking to buy any properties off market, 
you know, we, we built a system for that. If you are buying something that's already rented out, you just need, you know, something to manage your software, then it's not necessarily for that audience, even though we have some people that are doing property management using our platform, but it's built primarily for people that are doing some marketing to motivated sellers to buy off-market properties. It's, that's that's majority of what we do. What an investor does with that property towards the end, you know, once they close on the property, whether they flip it, whether they rent it or do something else that we have investors doing all sorts of different things. But one thing that's common in all the investors that are using our platform is they're doing some sort of marketing for lead generation. And that's really just it because a lot of individuals wonder, where do I find the deals? Where are people getting these off-market deals? And they, you know, you, you watch someone, they says, well, you need to be marketing, you need to be dropping yellow letters or the mail or email yeah. and, or text messaging. And so that's great. You can go drop a ton of money on different people's ideas and programs and so strategies and solutions to, to, to market these deals. But what's key, and I figured this out, you know, it's just in my own business. It's not enough to send it out. You also got to track how effective it is. Otherwise, you're just wasting money if you don't know. Absolutely. And, so, and that really goes into to your program, uh, you know, what you've created with this with this solution. So maybe if you could just break down for us some of the components and what it's going to do, how it helps a real estate investor find deals and actually close on more deals. So the way I look at a successful real estate investing business is in these four pillars. You have the data side, which is buying your list of motivated sellers. You know, you could buy the list from... You could get the list from your county. Or you could, you know, use a public source. Uh, we have driving for dollar built in. So as you driving around a neighborhood, you can add properties. So that's the data side of it. And then we have list stacking. You know how you would have all these different marketing lists. How you would stack that in your platform. So it starts with that. So once you have the data part figured out, then the next pillar for us is the marketing. That's if you, you know, you have the list. Whether you do direct mail to them, whether you cold call them, or you're doing SEO or PPC. So we have websites built in, we have dialogue, you can do direct mail. So that's the marketing piece of it, reaching out to motivated sellers or having these motivated sellers reach out to you through inbound marketing, you know, SEO, PPC or whatnot. So that's the marketing piece. Then the next pillar for us is the sales, which is converting the leads, the people that are called in leads to deals, which would be through your CRM, lead management software, putting them on automated follow-up, calling them, texting them. So that's the sales side of it. That's built in pretty simply. And after that, it's the operation side of it, which would be, let's say you close on a property. Now you want to sell that property. So you're emailing your buyers, you're texting your buyers, you're managing your vendors. Uh, for example, if you're flipping the house, you you want to uh, you know create a scope of work, you want to add your title company. And uh, we even have the bookkeeping piece built in within the system. I used to be an accountant, so we built our own bookkeeping bookkeeping system for you to not even need QuickBooks within the platform. So that would be the operation side of it. So we manage all four areas of the real estate investing from data, marketing, sales, and operations. All right. Now, it sounds confusing, I think, for for, for people. So if we could just break this down. So I have, uh, you know, I buy this list of leads, all right? And I right. have all their information. I then download it into the system. So I put it in yeah. your system. Now I'm going to, I want to start targeting these individuals. So let's just talk right. about how it works from, from a targeting standpoint. How do I cool. reach out to them? So you can have a list of those people. You could start cold calling them. So you could start just have a phone system within recently, just start dialing from within the platform. If you're talking to these people, you could add like three, four, five hundred people, however many people you want to call per day, and just calling them and saying, Hey, I found your information. 
or public services, would you be interested in selling your property? So that would be the one way. The other would be you have the same list, sending direct mail to them, which is what we do a lot of other investors do a lot of. You have your list, you just click, you know, select the direct mail piece you want to send out and just send direct mail to those investors. And then once your letter goes out or your postcard goes out, your yellow letter, postcard, and then you would start getting call back from those people that you would manage through the lead part of it. And then the other way you can reach out these people, the list of investors is uh, through websites that we have built in. So you could have a website that's geared towards motivated sellers and you could optimize it for SEO. You could use it for PPC purposes or Bing ads and then get leads from those websites funneled right into your system. So that would be the marketing side of it and then get leads from these different marketing channels into your system. All right. So let's say that I'm doing the phone calls out of the system. Does it automatically then log in? Hey, you contacted this individual and and you could just put in, hey, uh, D did not answer. Answer. It does that. Exactly. Yep. And it would record the call and then you can manage what the call result was. So if you know, you left a voicemail. If the person said, hey, take me off the list, it would mark it as do not call again. So you're not calling the same person again that you've already called. And that person, the seller requested to be taken off the marketing list. So you can manage that also. Follow up, things like that, exactly. right? Yep, exactly. So if somebody says, hey, I'm busy right now, call me back in a week, then you can set up a call, you know, to call them back in a week. Now, can I run reports against that? So let's say I, I reached out. So this week, I'm just going to start dialing and I, and I dial 150 people. And right. then can I run a report to figure out, break all those down, who wants to get called back when and, and what the response exactly. rate was? Yep, you can exactly do that. And if somebody's interested, you can even put them on an automated follow-up sequence. So what would happen a number of times is you call a seller and they say, hey, I'm not interested right now. Maybe call me back in six months or a year, right? Now, you don't necessarily want to wait six months to call back. You just want to stay on that radar. Sometimes people say, I'm going to be ready in six months time, but they actually might have... Uh, you know, they might be living in a state that, for example, gets a lot of snow and there's a big snowstorm and all, all of a sudden their furnace goes out and their motivation level goes up. So what you could do with that kind of a lead is you could push them, you know, you can manage them as a lead and put them on an automated follow-up sequence. So what that automated follow-up sequence would do is uh, you could set it up where it would just send that seller a text message once a month or however often you want to set it up. It would just say, hey, Mr. Seller, Mr. Sharad. Uh, you know, we talked about a property at one, two, three Main Street. Just checking to see everything is going okay. You know, I know you said you, you want to sell your property in, you know, July or August, whatever the time frame is. Uh, but just, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And then it would, if you want, it would also set up a reminder for your team member to call just to follow up. That's where we notice the some of the most successful real estate investors are making their money from follow up. Like just last week on Friday, we signed a contract with a seller that we had in our pipeline for 302 days. Initially, they called us from our postcard, but they weren't interested in selling at that point. And I noticed that we had done 23 follow-ups with them, 16 calls and seven text messages, just calling them and texting them. It wasn't, hey, do you want to sell now? Do you want to sell now? It was just about, hey, just wanted to reach out and see if you're still interested or not. It's not hard. So they could just mainly staying on their radar. That's where... We see a lot of investors that are using our platform doing 20, 25, 30 deals a month. Having the most success is through the follow-up sequences. So you you can build all those follow-up sequences into the program so it does it automatically. Mailing the whole deal. Exactly. You can do that. And there's some like seven or eight sequences that are built out out of the gate. So you log in. They're already built out. 
these are the ones that I use in my business. You can customize, you can add additional one based on different situations, but there's like seven or eight out of the gate that covers most of the situations that you have. And then you can just go and just put it on a, on any lead and they would just start getting those automated messages from your team or from your system. Well, I mean, so you've used this word now twice. You've talked, you've said team assistant. So that tells me you're probably using an assistant as well to help you out in your business. I am. So we do about 20, 25 deals a year. This year, we'll probably do more. We've already closed turn two and we have eight under contract, six multi-units, two units, three units, and two single-family houses. So I have my lead manager based in Philippines. She is managing the the initial prospecting slash the lead management stage of it. And then once somebody is interested, ready to make an offer, then I have an acquisition manager based in Indiana who's actually going out on appointments. And once we close on a property, then I have my project manager. She is based in California, managing our project from California of all the projects we're doing in Indiana. And everybody on our team is on recently. So, I mean, outside of that, I also have my bookkeeper and accountant in the system using like updating the financial side of it. But the main real estate team is my lead manager in Philippines, project manager in in California, and then my acquisition manager in Indiana. So lead manager and project manager are salary plus commission. The acquisition manager is strictly commission only. All right. right. So, so you got this system set up. So you're doing your marketing. Then you said the sales side. So what does that look like? So if I start getting the responses, and how does that help me close on the deals? Yeah. So the sales side would be, you know, most of the calls you would initially get is, you know, let's say I'm, I'm going to use direct mail as an example. Let's say you send out thousand direct mail pieces. Maybe you'll get 20, 30 calls out of those thousand pieces. Most of the people will say, Hey, I'm not interested. Take me off the list. Or some people will say, you know, I, I'm just going to find out what's your offer. You'll get odd call here and there. Like we have two properties. We under contract from our direct mail that we did in the month of January where they said, Hey, I'm interested. I'm ready to sell them a property. How much can you offer? So you'll, you'll get some odd calls where you just, your postcard just happens to reach them at the right time. They're at the right, you know, pain point and they're just ready to sell their property. So that would happen. But majority of the times, you know, people would say, I, I just want to see what you have to offer. What do you do? And they're, they're not really hot leads, but they're like kind of interested, cold lead, warm lead. So those are the ones you're managing through your sales process. So that's where you would use an automated follow up sequence. You, you know, somebody says, I just want to see what your offer is. You make them an offer. They say, no, you know, I'm, I'm not looking to, like, say the house is worth 200000 and they say, I'm, I'm looking for an offer of 180. So for you as an investor, that might not work at that point. But, you know, for example, you know, you might be willing to pay, let's say, 150 for that house. So just because somebody's asking 180 and you can only offer 150, you don't want to just, you know, necessarily mark that as a dead lead. You just want to stay on their radar. You don't know. They want 180 right now, but you don't know, maybe, you know, their roof starts leaking or maybe they're going through some other financial difficulty. Maybe they're, you know, they're not able to pay their property taxes, the mortgage or, you know, the furnace breaks down. So you want to make sure you're following up with them. So that's the sales process that you're managing them through, just basically like following up with them. That That's the heart and soul of the real estate investing business. I would say it's like managing. It's easy to get leads, but the challenge is managing those leads and staying on top of those leads. Uh, through different marketing channels that you're getting. You know, you want to make sure if you have, if someone says, I call me back in two weeks, how do you know for sure that there is actually a call scheduled in your system to call them back in two weeks and somebody's actually calling them back? So that's what our system would do is help you manage the sales process. It's basically a CRM side of the business. Yeah. So how about once you say you buy the property and 
you decide to treat it as a rental, as you stated, you, you've got quite a few rentals there and right. you put a tenant in there. Does this help on that side as well and working with the tenants on the property? Right. Yes, you could manage your tenants. So if you are managing your own properties that you could manage the, it's again, it's not a property management software, but we have other investors that are managing their properties and tenants to their platforms. You can call your tenants, you can text your tenants, you can send them a letter, you can send them reminder calls or text messages. So you can do that. You can manage the entire financial side of your rental business through the platform. So you could do that. You could add you know, the tenant as a vendor for that property. So anytime the tenant pays rent, you would know within the property, you know, how much at rent that tenant has paid and how that property is doing financially. And you can run different reports for that. Got it. So I'm just curious, you know, right now in this market, any tips or that you'd want to to tell people about, you know, using your system or just in general that they should be looking at? Because I'm curious about, you know, where, where investors think that the market is going and what strategies they feel are, are more applicable right now. That's a great question. One thing I would say is what we've noticed one thing that's common between all successful real estate investors is they're consistently doing marketing. You know, if somebody's just getting started out and then let's say they pull a list of thousand people, they're going to send direct mail to those thousand people. And if their hope is, you know, if they're relying on getting that deal from that one single batch of thousand letters or postcards that they're sending out, if their business is built on that, just sending that one list, one you know, thousand letters one time, then that's that's not what you want to do. You know, somebody's starting out in this business and at least they're not committing to doing consistent marketing for six months, then I would say don't even get started. It's it's not, you know, there's very, very high likelihood that you're going to fail. So you you may get lucky, you know, one or 2% of the people will get lucky where you just happen to your postcard or letter just happens to get to the person at the right time, at the right place. But most of the times, 95%, 98% of the people will just fail at that. So when people ask us, hey, what's the best marketing channel? Our answer is always the one that you can stick with the longest. It doesn't matter what it is. The one that you can stick with the longest, whether it's cold calling, whether it's texting people, whether it's sending direct mail, whether it's doing PPC, the one you can stick with the longest is the one that's going to work. Every single marketing channel works if you stick with it long enough. Most of the time, people fail because they give up too soon. Well, should you split test at all? Let's say, you know, test direct mail versus phone calling and, and stick with that? Or Absolutely. do you think that's just to choose? Yeah, I mean, somebody who's starting out, I would say just stick with one that they feel most comfortable with. Like, for example, if I was starting out, right? When I started out, I started out with direct mail. That's the one that I felt most comfortable with. I didn't feel comfortable, let's say, cold calling someone. That's just based on my personal comfort level honestly yep. more than anything i just felt comfortable sending letter postcard it's more expensive than cold calling most of the people prefer cold calling just because they feel more comfortable getting people on the phone so but it's it's about whatever people feel comfortable with given their budget you know given their own comfort level that's the one they should start with i would start out with one that they feel comfortable with and once they feel like okay you know they're, they're starting to see some traction from that marketing channel then stack another one on top of it i think once people start doing too many things at the beginning and they don't have a good handle of a marketing channel that they feel super comfortable with then they end up getting overwhelmed and then they just end up doing nothing really well then they're doing everything at an average level but i would say like if they're doing direct mail cold calling whatever they might be doing just go deep into it feel comfortable, you know, figure out what's working, what's not working, and then just stack the next marketing channel on top of that. 
Yeah, what I really like about what you've created here is that sometimes people don't realize it. You, you make an investment, you buy these leads, right? And as you stated, you send out one, one letter, you get a poor response, you're like, all right, I'm done. And they think, oh, I just need to keep buying more and I keep need to buy more and eventually it's going to hit. And so they fall into this trap thinking that, well, that next batch, those leads were bad. I just got to buy another batch. And they don't see the success that they had expected, right. which what you stated, you know, and I've learned this in my own business and building Anderson to where it is, you got to be consistent and you got to develop processes around this. So right. you're going back to those people, you keep doing it. And so what does that look like? If you don't have the systems in place, like what you've created for someone to allow that to become automatic and remind you and build right. that in, it becomes difficult. Absolutely. I'll, I'll put it in another context, like in a different industry. Let's say, let's say if you're getting a postcard from a local Toyota dealership, right? Mm-hmm. Once a quarter, they send you a postcard, right? You're not in the market to buy a car, but they've run some marketing list, which tells them that you are going to be in the market to buy a car, right? That's kind of what we're doing as real estate investor. So now imagine in a different industry, they're sending you a postcard once a quarter. If we have this New Year sale going on, then they send you another one in Q2, Memorial Day sale, Q3, whatever, Labor Day, end of year sale. Again, you're not in a market to buy a car, but just every quarter they're sending you a postcard, right? You look at it, you just throw it out, but just they're planting a seed in your brain that, hey, there's somebody out there, there's this Toyota dealership out. That's all they're doing. Now imagine after getting four, five postcards, your car breaks down. You just happen to be in the market to buy a car. You're looking at Toyota, Honda, and you know a similar brand. There's a very, very high likelihood that you're going to call that Toyota dealership that just been consistently sending you a postcard. That's all you're doing with marketing. You're just planting a seed. You're not expecting these people to receive your postcard, receive your call, text message, and then to be ready to sell the house immediately. You're just expecting to stay on their radar. So whenever their situation changes and they are in the market, they are in the market to sell their house, all you're hoping at that point is that you get a fair chance. You get the first opportunity to go and look at that house. That's all marketing does. And after that, like that's all job of marketing. After that comes in your sales part of it, right? You could have the best marketing and then you get these people to call you back and you're absolutely unprofessional. You're absolutely rude on the phone. Then no amount of marketing is going to help you on that. So it, yeah. it all stacks on top of each other. Again, like it, it starts with the data, right? So if I pull a list of people that just bought their house in the last six months, no matter how awesome your marketing piece is, it's not going to do anything because they just sold, they just bought their house. They have no motivation to sell their house. So you have you start with the right set of data, then you reach out to them consistently. When the situation changes, you just hope that they give you a call. They give you you're the first one on their list to get a call from, and then you're professional courteous to these people. And then just take it from there. Now, but that's the purpose of marketing just to stay on these people's radar whenever situation changes that they give you a call. Do you have any recommendations for people on where to, to aggregate their data from? There are a bunch of public sources. You could get it from PropStream. Driving for dollar is pretty good source. As you're driving around, you know, you see the houses that are not in the best of condition. So you can literally add them because based on the condition that they're in right now. But I would say the harder it is to get a list the better that list is going to be. If everybody can log into public source, get their list, then thousands of people are getting the list. But not everybody is doing driving for dollars because that takes more effort. Not everybody is going down to the county office and getting the probate list. So I would start out with the free sources of going down to your county office 
and getting list of people that are going through pre-foreclosure, for example, that are going through probate, that are going through divorce. So start with that list. That's a free list. Start out with that. Then pick a marketing channel, whichever one you feel most comfortable with. Doesn't matter. Every single marketing channel works. And then just be consistent with it. Based on your budget and time, at least give any marketing channel six months to kind of see if it's working or not before you give up on it. And then once you start getting leads, and then just be courteous and professional. Just, you know, if you lean in with the, you know, the mindset of you want to help these people, you would be successful. If you lean in, if you start out with being greedy, oh, I want to get this deal, I want to get the people, you know, the homeowners will pick up on that. They will pick up on that vibe. You want to just lean in with, hey, I want to help you out. How can I help you out? You know, and then you will start out with value add that you're, you're going to help these people sell their house without having them list their house without having people walk through their house, you know, without anybody in the neighborhood knowing kind of what situation they're going through. So that's the value add we're doing as real estate investors. And that's what we want to communicate to an, uh, to a homeowner. So if I'm watching this right now, I'm thinking, all right, I want to get started in real estate. Question that's going to come to mind. How much time is it going to take to get familiar with your, your system, to get up right. to speed and to use it? And then what's that investment going to be like, you know, over the next six months to, to really delve in and, and start using it? What, what, what would somebody expect? So in terms of time commitment, so there's a couple of things, right? You can trade money for time. So let's say if you're just starting out, it's just you. In terms of time commitment, I would say at least, it, I mean, it depends on marketing. So if you're doing direct mail, you know, your money investment is going to be higher because it's more expensive to send direct mail versus cold calling, but cold calling is going to require more of your time. So it really, you have to balance that. But let's say somebody's starting out, you know, initially when somebody starts out, they have more they have more time available than cash. So I would say, let's say if they commit to doing cold calling, I would say at least, at least commit to doing maybe 100 to 150 calls a day to a list of, you know, I, I would say just start out with a very basic list of absentee homeowners with, 30% more equity and they've owned their house for five years. That's a very basic list. We just got two deals from it and it, it works. It works if you are consistent with them. So start out with their list, call from that list, call 100 to 150 people every single day. Every single day, nonstop, Monday to Friday. If you want to call Saturday, Sunday, you know, do that. Uh, but, you know, take a couple of hours, call those 100 to 150 people and then just get comfortable with what is the homeowner saying, right? So that, that would be your time commitment, two to three hours a day, uh, some extra time on the weekend. And then as far as the the cost is concerned, it would cost somebody, depending on where they buy their list from, if they get it from, you know, from their county, then it's not going to cost them anything. It would just be, you know, their time to get their list. And then they would have to get phone numbers. So that would be, you know, 10 to 15 cents to get phone number for each record. But after that, I would say less than $1,000 for six months to just reach out to these list of people that they have. Yeah. I right. mean, when, you, when you're thinking about that, a couple hours a day, less than $1,000 over six months, maybe even right. if it's $2,000. Right. One deal is oh, all yeah. it's going to take. That's 100%. it. Yeah. Yep. And then you're yeah, off we the sent out. Yeah, we just sent out lists to 2,500 people, direct mail. Mm-hmm. cost us about $1,000. We got two deals out of it. One deal from that list is going to make us about $45,000. Just that wow. one deal. So it's going to pay for a direct mail for next 10, 12 sets of mailing that we're doing. But we only got it because we were consistent with mailing. Well, what percent of your budget then do you put back into marketing? 
in our market, like for us in Lake County, Indiana market that we're in, so we have a spec list of people that we mail to. So we're consistently mailing to those people nonstop. Every mm-hmm. other month we're mailing to that list. But once we feel like, okay, direct mail is working pretty good for us. So this week we're adding cold calling to our list, right? So same list, we're reaching out through direct mail. Now we're going to start cold calling to that list. But we're doing other investing also. We're doing PBC. We're doing paper leads. So that gets a little bit more advanced. It gets a little bit more expensive. But again, all marketing channel works. But for a newer investor starting out, I would say either cold calling or direct mail. Just start out with that and just be consistent. For somebody, if you're willing to commit like 1000 to $2,000 over six months, so let's say about two $300 a month over six months, you know, about $1,500, $2,000, including the list that you're buying, you know, getting all the phone numbers. Commit to that $2,000 and then just have two to three hours a day, every single day, calling these people. There's a very, very high likelihood, if you're consistent, that you will get a deal out of that. Yeah, so so what I was wondering is, let's say that you get a deal and you and you flip it and you make $12,000 on that property. Right. Now, of that 12000 how much of that should I then roll in to, you know, take some off the table for profit. How much do I roll in to marketing? Would you recommend when you're first starting up, do you take 40% of it, 50% of it and really juice it up or? or I see. Yes. So we, we follow profit first in our business. So we follow mm-hmm. like a profit, like a combination profit for simple numbers, you know, so we take like 15% towards profit set aside, take 15% towards owner's salary. Right, and then fifteen percent towards taxes, and then fifty-five percent for operating expenses. That includes payroll and marketing. But in this, just to keep it like very simple, I would say if somebody got a list from, let's say, cold calling to that absentee list, so they now they have now they've validated that list works, cold calling works. So if they have the budget, then what I would do is I would hire someone to call that list instead of calling 100 to 150 people i would hire someone who's full-time calling these people so i would start with that the marketing channel that's already working make sure you double down on that i think that's another thing we notice sometimes people they notice that okay i got this deal from cold calling then they jump on to the next marketing channel without really going deep into the marketing channel that worked for them so in this case if somebody was successful and then they had the means then i would go ahead and hire someone full-time to call the same list full-time, Monday to Friday, eight hours a day. I would start with that. And then they have, they have more budget available. Then I would look at the next marketing channel. May, you know, It could be direct mail. It could be PPC. It could be radio ads, TV ads, depending on what their budget is. But at least I would not leave the marketing channel that's working for me. Then I would figure out, okay, how can I double down on that? And then if that list worked cold calling, then you could maybe look at the next town over, next county over, pull the same list, and do the same process of calling those people. You know, I hope the people are understanding that are, that are watching this, what you just said, because that is so fundamental to business, all right? You, you find something and you got to commit to it. It's not just a month, doesn't work, and I'm out. You got to right. six months and say, I'm going to be committed to this. You got to put in the effort, right? right? And then once you find success, then what you need to do is replace yourself. And you've said this again, and I've mentioned it, you talked about hiring someone. You can get a virtual assistant, bring someone in to start doing the stuff that you were doing or expanding it. So right. now you have two people doing it. You work right. two hours, they're working six. And you, you said you're using the Philippines. And so we know that's going to be less expensive for you. And that's how you're going to start getting momentum with your business. And don't 
become a raccoon, right? Which is, oh, I'm going to go off to this next shiny object because I made it here. I can make it even more over here. Until you right. nail this down. That's so Absolutely. important. I would much rather go deeper into one marketing channel than go very, very light and broad on like 10 different marketing channels. I mean, it, it's like losing weight, right? If I commit to losing weight, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, I'm not going to have, you know, salad for lunch and then expect six packs. That's not just going to happen. I have to commit to it for six months. And then even after I've done that, I can't go back to eating, eating junk food. You know, I still have to at least maintain at a certain level. That's what you're doing with marketing also. You have to commit to it for six months. I mean, honestly, that's, that's where we see for me as an experienced investor. That's what I see my biggest advantage is that I'm going to be consistent. I'm not going to be the fastest, you know, I'm not, I, that I know I'm, I'm not going to have the biggest budget, but at least the budget that I have, I'm going to be 100% consistent day in, day out with the processes that I have because I know they work. Same thing with losing weight. You know, if you're consistently running for a couple of miles, you know, a day and then eating healthy food, it's just a matter of time. You're going to see results. There's, there's no other way, but you're going to see results. But if you're eating junk food every other day, you're working out once or twice a week, then nothing is going to, then you might as well just enjoy your life, you know, and not even bother to eat salads for lunch or anything. Right. And so, so I think you're saying is that people are watching, so they're thinking about using your system. Hey, you got to commit. If you're not right. willing to commit to put in the time and the effort, then something like what you have, it's not for them. Just don't right. even bother because you're just going to waste your money, uh, the investment you make to get that system up because it's not going to benefit you. Uh, exactly. Unless you make that commitment. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, that, like the system and it's not going to do the work. You have to do the work. Our system just automates a lot of things. You know, it systemizes a lot of things, but no system is going to just automatically get you deals in front of you. Like you have to put in the effort. So if you're not ready for that, if you're not ready to commit to the money or the time part of it, then, then just take a break. You know, maybe it's not the right time for you. Maybe you wait like a couple of months until you feel like you're in the right situation to commit, you know, six months of time and money commitment, and then just go from there. Great. Ray, anything you want to leave in passing? Uh, no, I mean, if they have, uh, if they have any questions on anything that didn't get covered here, you know, they can definitely check us out at resimply.com or they can send us an email at support at resimply.com and I'll be more than happy to answer any questions they have. Awesome. Yeah, guys, check out the website. I've been through the website. There's a lot of great testimonials on there. And it's just a really clean site. And it gives you answers, basically, all the questions you have about what this program can do for you. So definitely, I'll have a link below. Click on that link, go to his site, check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you, Glenn, for having me. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode. 